It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is up, guys? Mikey McNuggets, Earl the Pearl here with another two-minute Browns post-game show. The game is not over. The Rams have it on the one-yard line, are about to score another touchdown. They currently lead 27-19. to Joe Flacco started. The offense had a spark. We had a John Johnson showing. And Earl, it's not over. It's still a one-score game with two minutes to play, but this one feels pretty much wrapped up and barring something absolutely crazy, uh, I, I can't figure out a way the Browns are going to be able to pull this one off. Yeah, me neither, man. Uh, bad job out there by the Browns defense today. Um, I thought Flacco played very well, to be honest with you. Um, I really have no complaints about Kevin Stefanski and the play calling. I have no complaints about Joe Flacco and how he played. I, I mean, I thought that was the best performance, honestly, by any Browns quarterback this year. I think the Browns have found their starting quarterback for the rest of the season as well. Um, but, you know, this uh, it's tough to go out there on the West Coast and lose tr- two straight games. Browns defense got to get it together, though, man. They, they they really are starting to be exposed, giving up big plays. Uh, it seems like every game now. And um, they got to right the ship, definitely, and they got to do so fast. Yeah, we'll talk Flacco once the game ends. The defense up to this point has allowed 400 total yards, has zero sacks, and forced zero turnovers. I, you don't need some advanced analytics or some deep, hardcore numbers to figure out that's not going to cut it. The reality of the situation is we had crowned this Browns defense best in the world. Yeah, I mean, we, we did. We, we and did. You, were, you go through the schedule, and they are still good. I think it's a good defense, but I don't think it's a great defense. Miles Garrett's banged up. They don't have Denzel Ward. It clearly – Hurts and and Earl, I put this in the group chat earlier. I'm just shocked that losing Denzel Ward has been that much of a hindrance to this team. When you have other cornerbacks, such as Martin Emerson Jr., who's talented, Greg Newsom, who's talented, you have two safeties in Thornhill and Delpit, who you mm-hmm. think I would assume with 80% of your secondary healthy, you should be able to at least at least have 75% of the the same level of play. And it feels like the Browns have dropped off 50% without Denzel Ward and Kyron Williams officially scored a touchdown and is now 33-19 pending an extra point. 
I mean, it, it, it's tough, right? Miles Garrett is out here playing hurt. He didn't record a single stat, you know, in this game. The Browns got one tackle for loss, no sacks, and two quarterback hits, right? And I think we did a bad job of crowning this defense as the best in league history, you know, before this season played out in totality. You're seeing offense really – offenses being able to expose whatever the Cleveland Browns seem to be weak at. Um, I'm not really for the excuses of, you know, Denzel Ward not being out there. You know, Denzel Ward is one dude. Um, the rest of the secondary should play better. You know, Mike Ford was giving up big play after big play, it seemed like. Uh, Greg Newsom seemed to struggle out there. I thought MJ Emerson played another solid game. Um, but, like, just overall, man, the de- defense just got to overall just play better, like, you know, you, you come out here and you get a quality performance from Joe Flacco, who who just really pretty much came off the streets. You you get a quality coaching performance Kevin St- from Kevin Stefanski. And then the unit, you know, that we are giving all this praise to don't show up at all when it matters the most. And that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, Flacco was good. I thought Flacco was good. I thought Stefanski called a pretty good game. I just thought when it mattered most, the defense couldn't get a damn stop. And this is now... Week after week, where you look at how veteran quarterbacks, and I'm looking at this West Coast road trip in particular, you saw two veteran quarterbacks kind of change what they wanted to do at the line of scrimmage and make adjustments on the fly that maybe younger quarterbacks like the Clayton Toons, the Kenny Pickett's, those can't make. And it didn't seem like the Browns had an adjustment to those adjustments. Mm -hmm. Remember last week at Russell Wilson, there was that pizza, pizza call, pizza, 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 and he the the QB keeper. On the read option, he switched the running back, so he had a lead blocker going his way. Uh, that's a that's a veteran move. And Stafford today was doing the same thing, checking in out of plays, making sure the Rams had the right play call, whether run, pass, counting numbers. He had a couple beautiful throws. His first touchdown, uh, his first touchdown pass was an absolute dime right over Taki Taki's outstretched hand. But I'm just curious if there's something more to this to having veteran quarterbacks be able to navigate and counteract whatever Jim Schwartz is calling that we weren't seeing earlier in the season. I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. I mean, I really don't know the answer to it as as well. I don't even know if it's like, I think it's a combination of a bunch of things, right? You got some veteran quarterbacks. You know, we talked a lot about one of the things uh, that was a positive about having Joe Flacco was a quarterback who's been around a long time, who's seen a lot of different defensive schemes and it was just about the terminology. And so when you continue to go up against veteran quarterbacks, I mean, they've seen Jim Shorts before at some at some point, I'm sure. And they've seen some type of variation of a defensive scheme that kind of mimics what the Cleveland Browns run. You know, so I can give a, a veteran quarterback the tip of the cap when it comes to that. But at the same time, these OCs, I mean, they get paid too. Yeah. They're going back and they're watching film and they look at a lot of what the Cleveland Browns have done well and had success at throughout the season. And they find a different way to exploit that, you know, and it's up to Jim Schwartz It's up to the rest of his defensive coaching staff to kind of get that fixed. Right. You know, you really didn't, I mean, what one tackle for loss, uh, two QB hits, no sacks, no turn. You you didn't do anything to get pressure up front. Right. And that's, this is how this defense pretty much have success. The stars up front when getting pressure and you didn't get pressure. It's really hard to kind of, you know, put any of that on Miles. Miles was out there playing hurt. You know, if that was the case, you probably could have did a better job with the defensive line rotation, you know, kind of rotating guys in and out. But it was just one of those games, man, to where, you know, they didn't really do anything. They did do a good job, you know, and, you know, for the most part of the game. 
and containing the run for the most part. It could have been a whole lot worse, and we've seen it be a whole lot worse for the Browns in recent weeks. But, you know, that was not uh, it was not a quality defensive performance at all. And yeah. it sucks because you got a quality performance from Joe Flacco. You got a quality performance from Kevin Stefanski for the most part. So I, that's disappointing. It's it, And I was unraveling right before I. So. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm looking this way because I'm still watching the game, and Joe Flacco just got sacked down on the one-yard line. Uh, it, it, the end's going to leave a sour taste in the mouth of what I thought was a pretty damn good offensive performance, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Knowing you're on your fourth quarterback, knowing you're down two tackles, knowing you're down your starting running back. I mean, yeah. I, I I don't know what people's expectations were. I thought Flacco played a – oh, that's a safety. Aaron Donald got him for a safety. 36-19 now. This is uh, pretty disgusting. I I thought Joe Flacco played really good. Like, I'm going to be point blank and, and as honest as I can. That one interception was a bad pass. I feel like timing's everything. You can meet the, the right girl at the wrong time. You can have the right job at the wrong time. You could have the wrong job at the right time. That doesn't work out. His interception could not have been at a more pivotal time of the football game. However, up until that point, he was really good, like really, really good. And he was about five times better than I could have even imagined in in almost the wildest of scenarios where he got the ball out relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. He hit his guys on the numbers more often than not. The touchdown pass to Jerome Ford on the first drive, I mean – he gets credit for the touch. I think Cleveland Heights quarterback could have made that pass or Massimilian or St. Ed's or whoever won a state championship. I mean, Jerome Ford was wide open. It was an absolutely uh, beautiful design there to get him open. The Browns didn't run the ball well, and they scored 19 points mostly because Joe Flacco was able to, with his right arm, move the ball up and down the field. And G. Bush, I see him trying to hop in here. We don't have video yet from G. Bush, but uh, as soon as he is, we'll get G in here. But Earl, is, is that fair? My way off? Did you think the offense performed – Two expectations, exceed expectations, or below expectations? They exceeded my expectations. I mean, I, I one, I didn't pick the Browns to win this game. I, I was hopeful. I think I said it Wednesday on Behind the Glass that, you know, I hope they proved me wrong and found a way to come out with a victory. Um, but they exceeded every expectation I had. I really didn't know what to expect from Joe Flacco. Uh, based on what I've seen from every backup quarterback that's taking the field for the Browns, I thought it would be more of the same, you know, like a, a generic – you know, passing game that really didn't make too much noise, things like that. But, you know, he took some shots downfield constantly throughout the game. Um, for me, it was just the details, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was like you kept hearing the uh, commentators talk about the arm play, the elite arm play. But it was just the details and the little nuances of just being a pro and being a veteran. And you've seen those things on display throughout the entire game. And those are the things that actually makes me very comfortable with Joe Flacco moving forward. Like I said, like, you know, I understand that was a bad pass and a bad moment, but I think overall that was probably the the overall best quarterback play that we've seen from any Cleveland Browns quarterback at any point this season. Nah, and it definitely nah, that's not better. Not, that's not better than Sean in Tennessee. Like, yeah. like, no, no, listen, listen, what listen, you you looking at the numbers and I and I'm looking at everything else. I'm talking about the attention to the details, nah. you know, the little nuances, like you know, doing the things that that's selling the defense. You know, there's a play where he held the defense for two sec for two seconds longer that resulted in a uh, first down. There's a play where the commentators talked about uh, on, on a play action how he sold it. It's just it's, it's it's little things that you've seen from him, you know, throughout this game that, in my opinion, that you haven't seen from a Browns quarterback at any point this season. You know, you can look at the numbers and try to like dissect that, but just watching this game. 
play for play, there was a lot out there that I've seen that I hadn't seen from the Browns quarterbacks. And it makes me very comfortable going forward. I I mean, I personal preference, I I would not put that over the Tennessee game, but it was a different playbook today. Kevin Stefanski brought back the Jacoby Brissett playbook for Joe Flacco. And if you go back and look, they ran more under center plays than they had in the last six, seven, eight, maybe all season. They were under center more. They They ran more play action than they had at any point this season. I don't think that's just a coincidence. I think that's Kevin Stefanski trying to get the most out of a quarterback who he knows has, A, limited mobility to begin with, and, B, we could talk about running the ball. Bull put a stat in the group chat this morning. The Browns are running the ball more this season than any team has run the ball per game since the 2020 Ravens. So the Browns have more carries per game this season. They're averaging more carries per game this season than any NFL team averages this year, last season, the season before that, you have to go back to 2020 to find a team that runs the ball more than the Browns. Today, 23 carries for 87 yards. They averaged 3.8 yards per carry. That was uh, a little bit inflated by the 13-yard Pierre Strong run. Before that, at the end, they were at 21 carries for 75 yards. That's about three yards a carry. It's not terrible, but it's not great. I didn't think they had great success running the ball. And I thought their play-action game was good. Like I, Flacco wasn't perfect, but I thought he played a pretty damn good game. And when you go back and look at it, it was the Jacoby Brissett playbook. It wasn't the Deshaun Watson playbook. It wasn't the DTR playbook. Joe Flacco and DTR and Deshaun Watson have totally different skill sets. And if you had asked Joe Flacco to run that offense, I think you're asking to get him killed. That's essentially attempted suicide, attempted murder, excuse me. So they went back to the Jacoby Brissett playbook. And before the game, Earl, I know you picked the Browns to lose, but how many points did you think they would score in this game? Um, what I, I had the I had the Browns losing this game twenty one thirteen. So they they scored more points than you than you expected. Yeah, and they could have scored more than that. Yeah, for everyone in the chat, real quick, let me know how, how many points did you expect the Browns to score today? If it's over twenty, put a one up. If it's under twenty, give me a two. So over twenty one, under twenty two. So uh, I picked them to score twenty three. So they actually fell short of my expectation. I think they left some points on the board, but once again, I and I, I hope G gets in here because I'm I'm dying to know what he thinks. I thought it was a pretty good offensive performance at the end of the day. I really, did. I mean, for me, like I said he really exceeded every expectation I had. I didn't have many expectations because I didn't really know what to think. Yeah. This dude been at home, you know, since the season started. He wasn't a part of no team for OTAs, no team for training camp or anything like that. And so I limited expectations, you know, just so I wouldn't kind of be pissed off if. If, if they weren't met, you know what I mean? But he came out there and like, kudos to him. Like that's a savvy veteran who's been around for a long time and, and clearly still knows how to play football clearly has not forgot, you know, the intangibles, the details, like, you know, or, or just, and he still has a strong arm. So it's like, it, there's, there's a lot to take away and be like encouraged about when they come to J- Joe Flacco and this performance all together. Um, you know, if you want to say it's the Jacoby Brissett playbook, cool. I just, I mean, you know, me and G kind of talked about something Saturday. I think it's all the same playbook, right? But G alluded to the point of, you know, when you're dealing with a quarterback, uh, Joe Flacco, who is is totally different from the, every quarterback that's been in the room, right? When it comes to mobility and, and things like that, then you're forced to go to certain areas of your playbook that you either – refuse to go to with the other guys or you kind of got tucked away for a rainy day, whatever the case may be. But I mean, it's, it's definitely the same playbook. And, you know, he talked, the commentators talked again about 
just the time that they spent this week going over the things that he was familiar with, that he was comfortable with, and vice versa. And so, like, you know, like I just I just need to see more of that. You know, it's something to build off of, it's something to be encouraged about. Just just more more of what we saw today versus the Rams. Let's build off that, go back, watch the tape, and get ready for next week. G, what's up? What's up, man? Y'all hear me? We What's can up, hear bro? you. G, what'd you think of uh, the offense? We'll get to the defense in a sec. What'd you think of Flacco and Stefanski's game plan with his fourth quarterback of the season? Man, listen, um, I, I thought I thought he played just about his best, better than anybody I've seen this year. Um, that includes Deshaun Watson. Um, he had one interception at the end of the game where I would have preferred them to get rid. I, I would have preferred them to run the ball a little bit, you know, work with the ball down here and matriculate. But there was throws I tweeted. There was a throw that he threw to start off, uh, the game off with Amari Cooper. That was right on the money. I thought he did a really good job of checking in and out of his plays. We now see play action. Uh, and we are able to get certain things uh, off of play action now all of a sudden. And it just goes to show you some of the plays that we was running with DTR and some of the other guys like P.J. Walker, I don't know where that playbook is, but I thought the playbook's best suited with the Browns had to move forward um, with offensively. I think there's one glaring issue, and that's moving – and, and this is kind of, you know, 30,000 feet. The Browns – they like receivers, and I've been saying oh, yeah. it for four or five years, and and, and I don't want to be disrespectful to nobody, but I, I just would like to start a, a a charity fund for how many times that I got to I gotta get at somebody for telling me why it is we don't need somebody. I ask everybody in the chat, I'm going to be truthful with yourself. Today, Donovan Peoples-Jones would have looked just swell. Yeah. I, I mean, he would have looked just groovy today. Uh, you got rid of him for nothing, and, and the thing, you lose Amari Cooper – and obviously, you're going to have some issues because that's your number one receiver. But I thought Joe Flacco, besides the fourth quarter, by the way, when he threw the interception, uh, the game was over after that. Yeah. Like they, when they came down and scored, and it was 27, uh, 27-19, that game to me was out of reach. They had a lot of sacks when it came down to the to the scrub time. But I thought Joe Flacco, to me, I told, I, I tweeted, I said, sign him up for two years. Sign him up for two. I'm not playing. I laugh a lick. Sign him up for two years, and and Deshaun get your elbow or shoulder ready. He can still play. The narrative about his his arm being dead is out of here. The narrative about him just being not able to play is out of here. And once again, I don't think this game is about the offense. You already know where we're going with it. Yeah. Hey, G, do me a favor. Go into settings. Go to your video settings and, and mirror your camera. You're backwards. Oh, okay. Now, while you're doing that, I'm going to ask you a question, G. Then we'll get back to the defense here. Just because uh, – there you go. Now, now now you look normal. We can read the barbershop the right way. That's a little producing on the fly. But, G, me and Earl are in agreement here. And the chat seems to be in a disagreement here. So you could be the deciding factor. Vic Stefanski did a good job, a bad job, or just an okay job at the game plan today? I didn't see no – I ain't see no problem with the game plan today. To me, like – Neither. I, me either. Like, I mean – I could I could be nitpicky about um I would like to see Pierre Strong more. I I thought Kareem Hunt played well. I think they still get the ball to, to Jerome Ford a little bit too much, but I can't nitpick them on them because today, guess what? Drop, 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 drop. They was twerking. Yeah. They was dropping so much, they was twerking. 
It sounds like a Drake video. Drop, 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 drop. Hey, hey, so, hey, Mike, I got a question for you, though. Uh, so, G, before you came on, you know, me and Mike was going back and forth about it, and I said the same thing that you said, that I thought this was the best overall performance by any Browns quarterback this year. Mike said he disagreed. Mike, why you disagree? Well, A, if you're talking about the full situation, you got to count the fourth quarter, and if you count the fourth quarter, there's no way it's better than Deshaun against Tennessee. And at the end of the day, I just think Deshaun against Tennessee, we came out of that game saying that's the – Best game we've seen a Browns quarterback play since since Baker in 2020. Flacco was great today considering our expectations about. for it. Once actually, Flacco was great considering the expectations for Flacco. But, I mean, he just, I just wasn't as good as Deshaun. Compared to expectations for where I thought he would to what he did, yeah, I think Flacco over-exceeded expectations more than Deshaun did. But I don't think it was a better performance than Deshaun against Tennessee. I mean, give it to I mean, I, I ain't going to argue with you, but. I mean, it's funny because, you know, like, you know, Jay, I was telling him, you know, me and you had a spirited conversation about this Saturday. Dude really exceeded any expectation that I had set for him. Like, and, and I'm talking in every way possible. He was really good. Like, like his attention to detail, just, just him being a sa- savvy veteran. You know, I think the Browns is going to be okay moving forward. I definitely think they, they know who they starting quarterback is for the remainder. Uh, we didn't even season. talk about West Yeah, so like, like, you know, but. You know, this is a rhetorical question because I I don't know. I don't know what it is Jim Short's got to do. I don't I don't know what it is that's broken that needs to be fixed. But whatever the case may be, man, they got to get it figured out and they got to get it figured out soon. This defense is getting gashed on the ground, like they getting lit up through the air, and it's 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 starting to be uh like like unexcusable, right? Like this is not just this is not just a one off situation. This is starting to happen every week. Teams, yeah. team just putting together back to back weeks of 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 you know performances on offense to where the Browns is giving up over three hundred yards in total offense. You giving up big plays, it's two or three big plays of 20, 30 yards. I mean, you had a wide receiver go for over a hundred yards in the first half. Like it's ridiculous. Like you know, we 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 go back and forth every week and we shift at uh, about who's at fault, and it is what it is. But that that defense need to get it together. Like, and they need to get it together soon. I'm, I'm, go ahead, set something. You, you got a setup question. Come on. Well, I, I do. I asked this to Earl, and something. you know you know better than we would. So <laughs> the last two weeks in particular, we saw Russell Wilson and Stafford make these line of scrimmage adjustments that have killed the Browns. For whatever reason, they've been able to adjust, and it seems like the Browns, whether they don't have the player capable of making those calls from the linebacker position or safety position, but you get to the line of scrimmage, the offense has adjusted, the Browns' defense hasn't counter-adjusted. Is that something that... Anthony Walker needs to be doing is that just a result of playing two, you know, really smart quarterbacks at this stage of their career, or is that something Jim Schwartz has to be, I guess, better prepared for, knowing that these guys can counter and, and call audibles on the fly that we didn't see from the likes of a Clayton Tune or a Kenny Pickett earlier in the season. Early in the season, early in the season, you're looking around, you you playing around, and you ain't got no tape on nobody. Half point of the season come around, people know exactly what you do and exactly what you don't do well. And then they go into the game plan with five or six things in their when they tool belt that are that are are utilized and used just to get you up out of here. And the Cleveland Browns are predicated on two things: their defensive line, pressure, and, and changing the line of scrimmage and being in the backfield. It ain't rocket science. I could watch the Browns and look at them immediately and tell why they're getting beat on the ground. Ain't nobody changing the line of scrimmage. 
Yeah. Ain't nobody penetrating. Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody in the backfield. You got a bunch of guys that's so on blocks. And when you ain't in the backfield and you don't change the line of scrimmage, it's simple math. Instead of the running back having to change directions, two three yards in the backfield, and then by the time he gets momentum, you got a one or two yard gain. Guess what? He's he, the offensive line is two three yards ahead of you. And guess what? Now when he's making his move, he three yard and he busts some big plays. Second of all. We're starting to understand why Greg Newsom is a slot corner. Listen, if you and here's a, here's a, here's, a, here's, a, here's a big boy talk. Hey, and we we starting to also see why Zadarius Smith was available. I said it. Yeah, I said it. Let let's let's be clear. See, you, he listen, said I said it. I said it. He's not wrong. Everybody around here on this defense can rah rah ha ha. It was all good just a week ago. Guess what? I ain't seen nothing in the I since the hey dear 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 November. I ain't seen y'all do nothing since it turned cold. When them leaves started dropping, I see all I seen is dropping is bodies and y'all picking yourself up off the ground. Denzel Ward is out there running around behind everybody. And let me get it twisted. I thought everybody, how is it everybody? We play everybody once a game, they catch the ball and they just go to the house. Puka Nuku, I never knew you had a fifth gear like that. But we were talking again, about him not being that fast, and he outran us twice. But again, Pickens had the gear, and Warren had the gear, and and and, and the, the little running back from Baltimore had the. See, when you start giving up them them plays, what it is is desensitizing yourself. See, there's a lot of people out there with habits, and habits are hard to break. You can be good for three or four weeks. You could have gone to rehab. You could have did it wherever you wanted to. But guess what? You always got to remember. I still can't drink if I'm an alcoholic. You got to remember and fight tooth and nail every single game. But what happens is when your numbers look good, when you get money off, when you went in with P.J. Walker, you start to think and convince yourself that you can let people go run up and down the field 80 yards. You say, well, that's just one score. We got them next drive. No, 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 no. No. And it happens week to week to week. And now guess what? It started off as a, a recreation thing. It's a full-blown habit right now because it's happening every week, McNuggets. Well, you look at this defensive line, and I don't remember specifically, but going back to the Arizona game, Dalvin Tomlinson had three sacks. Shelby Harris had the forced fumble. And we were talking about how every defensive tackle, including Jordan Elliott, Harris, Tomlinson, anyone they were putting in there was being productive at that position. Since then, G, I'm having a hard time remembering off the top of my head a single standout play, and it's been four games, that any defensive tackle on the Browns has made. Zero. In four games, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, last week against Denver, and this week against L.A. I know the last two weeks they were non-existent. I have to go back and check the bot. I just don't remember. It could have happened, and if it is, my bad, I forget. But I don't remember anything from the DP position, DT position, excuse me, the last couple of games. And we talked about why did JOK look so good earlier? Why did Anthony Walker have such a rebound? And it was because the defensive tackles and Miles Garrett plus Zadari Smith and Agua and everyone else on the defensive line essentially changing A, as you said, G, the point of attack, and eating up blockers for everyone else to fly around free. And I'm not sure if it's just veteran guys getting more tired as the season goes on, if there's some sort of injury that we're not aware of, that is hindering these guys' performance. We know with Miles Garrett what it is, but everyone else isn't listed on the injury report. Or if it's just they took advantage of some bad interior offensive lines and now against some quote-unquote better lines are struggling. I, I don't have the answer. But if you had told me a month ago, 
on the postgame show and they beat Arizona, that a month from then we'd go back and we couldn't think of a single splash play from the defensive tackle position, I'd say, yeah, you're, you're batshit crazy. There's not a chance. And that's kind of where we're at. Well, well listen, this ain't, this ain't basketball and this, is, this ain't baseball. Um, people call me the Duke and E-Jerk, but what we call it is week to week. The truth. Like, you can you can be great this week and be terrible next week. It's the NFL. I just sit here and watch the Philadelphia Eagles get boat raced. I seen the Phil- I saw the Pittsburgh Steelers get dominated in their own house. My thing is, when you watch that defense, where was the heart? Who was the emotional leader? Who jumped up and said, we're going to make a play? Who was talking they talk? And here's the thing. I know Miles Garrett is hurt, but if you hurt like that, you can't no be way. in the game. Can't be in the game, dog. Hey, listen, we ain't looking for heroes out here. This is not Mad Max beyond the Thunderdome. Listen, we not looking for heroes. We not looking for inspirations. If you hurt, tell somebody. Because if you're going to be on that field, we need people to make plays. Right now, somebody need to be real with this defense. It's a lot of guys out here that's eating off of what they did three weeks ago. It, it, this is a two-week country. Do you know in this country, you do two weeks away from being in the poorhouse? Let you not get a check this week. You looking crazy out here, unless you Jay Crawford, but it's a different story. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but my thing is, you you got it. I didn't see the heart today. My mom yeah. said it. They, I don't know what that defense, they went on the West Coast. Because guess what, Earl, to your point? It wasn't much better than Denver. They out there on the West Coast. I don't know if they thought it was a vacation. They And here's the thing, too, and I'll stay because I've been talking way too much. If you're sitting there and looking at it, I don't respect certain things. I don't respect last week it was DTR, and he was out there trying to make plays, trying to throw the ball to y'all. Y'all was dropping a rock, and they put him out the game. Right? Who stepped up to help the young boy? Nobody. You get a veteran off the couch. He coming up. He throwing the ball, trying to step up. He hitting you in the, hitting you in the hands. Guess what? You hung him out to dry. Right now, that receiving core and that defense ain't helped nobody in the last three to four weeks. And I don't know if they feeling sorry for themselves or they was drinking my Kool-Aid extra strength. But it's time out for all that over the top. They about to be the greatest. Y'all regular as hell right now. And it's borderline <laughs> on terrible. You ain't, I'm not waving the flag for you. You call me the Duke of Knee Jerk. I stripped the name of John Johnson III and his broke, you know what, came out of here and got a pick on us. I'm sorry. Y'all better get y'all's mind together because Jacksonville next week is not going to be no easy game. The Houston Texans ain't playing with nobody. And y'all might mess around and find yourself on the outside looking in because of the defense, not the dudes that we putting on offense. Earl? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a lot to take in. Like, I mean, I, I don't already said my piece, man. You got to get back to the drawing board, and you got to fix what's broken. As far as Miles Garrett being out there, listen, I, y'all might disagree with this, man, but I, I'll, I'll take an injured Miles Garrett over not Miles Garrett at all. How I saw it, I know he didn't do anything to, to impact the game as far as in the stat sheet. But, you know, I was just thinking throughout the game, like, okay, well, you know, maybe just the presence of Miles Garrett is is enough to make Sean McVay scheme for it, to game plan for it. You know what I mean? And I don't know if I'm right or wrong in that. It no, was just 100%, a thought. 100% right. Like, it was, just, it was just a thought that I had, even though he didn't really initially really have an impact on the game overall. But, I mean, just across the board, they got to get better, right? And we don't make the excuse for the injuries on the offense we can't make the excuse for Denzel Ward not being out there. You can't really make the excuse for none of that. 
I mean, you got Anthony Walker back. Anthony Walker did not play all that great, in my opinion, at all. At all. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, you you all spoke earlier about the defensive tackles and not being able to generate pressure. I think they got to combine, like, eight tackles total in the last two games. And that's, like, all of them. Yeah. I know because I do the game stats. Like, these dudes, like, two or three of them had, like, one tackle last week. Same two or three dudes got, like, one tackle this week. Dalvin Thomason had two. Jordan Elliott had three. None of them was tackles for loss. You know, they generated no pressure to get in the backfield or anything like that as such. So, like, they just got to get back to the drawing board, man, and figure out what's broken. Because you are starting to see a lot of veteran quarterbacks come to the line of scrimmage, see what the Cleveland Browns defense is doing, and then they checking down to something else. So whatever it is that they're seeing on film, like, veterans are starting to exploit it. And it's starting to happen every single week these days. So they got to figure it out because, you know, it's getting to the point now to where, you really can't make too many more excuses. Joe Flacco is playing well. If he continue to play well, you can't put that on him. You know, the running game that pretty much did their thing throughout throughout the year, you know, to the best of their ability. Like, if y'all start to falter and y'all y'all start to go the other direction, like, that's a problem. That's a problem. Y'all got to maintain that level of play that y'all have had throughout this season. And we did a bad job of crowning y'all as the best defense we ever seen before the season even really got into the point that mattered for real. The Browns' defense has stepped up when it mattered most. When they needed a defensive, heroic, superhero performance against the 49ers, they held Brock Purdy, a team that just put up 42 on the reigning NFC champs, to 17 points. They held the Pittsburgh Steelers, with DTR making his first legitimate start, to 10 points. There's something weird about the difference in the Browns' defense here in Cleveland and on the road. I have to redo the numbers. But I believe at home, the defense is allowing 10 points per game. On the road, it's like 31.3. That shouldn't be the case. Defense travels, right? Defense and run game travels. Well, that hasn't been the case for the Browns this season. I'm curious if there's something to that, if there's more to it than just luck of the schedule with who they've played at home versus who they've played on the road. But, gee, they went to uh, they went to the Greenbrier this offseason, and they took that whole trip. They did training camp down in West Virginia to help them prepare for this West Coast road trip. Remember that was the whole point of this Green Bar trip. We want to have, uh, we want to have team camaraderie, team chemistry. We want to build that. So when we have to go out to the West Coast. We're going to stay together for two weeks. It won't be new. It won't be something that we're not used to. Whatever the hell they did in West Virginia, they got to rethink and readjust that strategy for 2024 because it did not work. I'm gonna give y'all a little strategy. I'm gonna give y'all a little. Uh, I heard who would I hear this? So, sorry, I forget where I heard it. I, I probably work cited, but, but somebody was talking about no. Walla was talking about it. Uh, shout out to a million dollars worth of game. He said, "Man, y'all young boys gotta understand this. They, you know, all that gangster stuff is over, right? Because y'all y'all talk about y'all doing all these crimes and moving around and doing all all and such. But guess what? Your friends gonna tell on you. You gonna do football numbers. You gonna do eighty years in the penitentiary. And you thought." That you was tough because they on the Instagram doing illegal stuff with you. Like, yeah, I'm down. We we got a code of conduct, all that. You say, G. Bush, what you talking about? We talk about the Browns. You be all in another bush. What you doing? Well, look, it's easy to go to the Greenbrier when it's shorts and it's summertime. And it's easy to go to the Greenbrier and talk about I got my I got y'all's back, dog. I got you. We ain't never folding. We about to be number one on the di- listen. And then they take Nick Chubb out. And then you see Deshaun Watson roll out. And then you see uh, your tackles move up out of here. And when you sitting on the field and your the person who you think is Superman, Miles Garrett, is hurt, he ain't doing nothing. And you looking around and the bullets is flying. 
it's 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 kind of hard in the middle of the winter, and you catching them blows from these dudes, and you can't get off blocks. All that all that stuff in the Greenbrier don't help you get off blocks or catch the football. And the Browns at this point in time need somebody to step up and say, "Listen, we started off cool, but guess what? It ain't about how you start; it's how you finish. And if we don't watch what we're doing, somebody got to step up and do something. I don't see the fight. The, it's easy to be a front runner. It's easy when 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 when, when you winning and everybody patting you on the back. It's hard to go on the road and win. And right now." They better figure it out because they're going to have to win some of these games down the stretch if they feel like they're going to wake the playoffs. And I guess what? I'm glad because I'm going to see what it's all about. It, it ain't getting no easier. Who is it? Jacksonville next week? And Houston. <laughs> then Houston. Texans? Yeah, like, like it, it ain't going to get no easier, you know, like, again. And you like, got Houston at Houston. Uh, 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 listen, Earl? Listen, Mike, I said this on Behind the Glass. After we beat Pittsburgh, to me, it became a seven-game season. When you sitting at seven and three, I got to evaluate this team right there at that particular point, right? What you do for the rest of the season matters, right? Now, right now we sitting at 0 and 2. You didn't just went on this West Coast and you didn't drop two games. And the sad part about you losing the Rams game is you had an opportunity, man, to kind of like gain a game. And Pittsburgh lost to the Cardinals. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> it, 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 it was right there for you. You know, if it came down to the tiebreakers, you could say, okay, well, I beat the Rams. We beat the Cardinals, y'all lost to them. And it's like, it's little things like that that we're going to look back over this season and we're going to look at certain moments and you be like, damn, right? You know, because here I am thinking that the Browns weren't going to win this game because I didn't know what I was going to get from Joe Flacco. I had no idea that the Browns gonna win, win, was not going to win this game because the defense wasn't going to show up. If like, I had told anybody, Earl, anybody, and I'm serious, anybody in the chat, you could answer me. If I had told you before the game, that Joe Flacco was going to throw for 254 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. 254, two tutties, and a pick. I said, will the Browns win the game with Joe Flacco throwing 254, two touchdowns, and a pick? I say 97% of people would have said, oh, that's a Browns win. That's a Browns win. One turnover, two touchdowns, 250 yards in the air. We all think the Browns win. And that's why I think at the end of the day, if we're playing the blame game, it's the defense here. It's the defense. Uh, let's give out some game balls on the other side, though, because there were some positives, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I thought Elijah Moore, by the way, stepped up in a way that we hadn't seen him step up yet. And I'm curious if it's the chemistry he had developed with Joe Flacco in New York in their first stint together last year. But when Amari Cooper went out, Elijah Moore stepped up in a big way, Gene. And, and this is the third game in a row now where he's kind of seen his offensive production increase to maybe the point where we have a emerging number two receiver here in Cleveland. I still, I still, he still, he had a lot of balls on the turf still. He yeah. still dropped a few balls that you can't drop, uh, but he has played better. He's played better. Um, and, and mind you, they are down a little bit at receiver. Mark Cooper will figure out what's going on with him. Um, you know, I, but, you know, they're going to need more. They, no pun intended. They <laughs> they're gonna need, need more. more. <laughs> they're going to need more. Like, like, listen, like, I'm all for. I, listen, I'm all for step up and be a guy. Like, you ain't got to just get six, seven catches for 70. Say, Amari Cooper out of here, give me the ball. Give me the damn ball. I'll put us on the, uh, the team on my back. We look at, listen, we're looking for bus drivers, not bus riders. We ain't looking for steak eaters. Cats that just want to go and eat steak with Ohio State, but they can't play when Michigan get on the field. We ain't looking for that. We need people that going to make plays. He made something today. David Njoku, we need some more, big fella. 
Hey, Cedric Tillman, get you another, get, get your money off. We need something, man. But I, I I like what you, Elijah Moore did his thing. He did his thing for what the most part. Still, you know, he's trying he's try to step up when other cats didn't. <laughs> I got to get one of Harrison Bryant, man. Harrison Bryant got more touchdowns this season than Elijah Moore do. Two touchdowns, I mean, a touchdown in back-to-back games as well as that. So You, you dirty. <laughs> like, dude, this is a dude who, you know, uh, Flacco was looking for him and he was finding him. He was out there making plays. I mean, he had five catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. Got to give a game ball to Harrison Bryant, man. He's he been showing up. That's all I'm saying. Hey, listen. <laughs> I'm going to get showing up. Hey, this dude, I, he's, he's part of the family. He's friends of playing me. Let me find out he got a T-Mobile line. Hey, he, I don't know. Let me find out he got an extra line for $10 know. with Kevin Stefanski all, and his all kids. I'm, all I'm saying is 88 been in the end zone two straight weeks. I give it to you. Know, right, two I'm, straight I'm, weeks. I might, I might have to take that anytime touchdown next week. <laughs> <laughs> I got two guys wide open for touchdowns. The first Kareem Hunt, uh, the first Jerome Ford touchdown, excuse me. He was wide open. And then the second one, also play action. Harrison Bryant wide open. I mean, those are throws you got to make. Joe Flacco made him and accounted for two tutties. So I, I'm giving my I'm giving my game ball to 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 Pierre Strong, Kevin Stefanski. Are you not watching the film? Are you not seeing what this man is capable of? I understand that you drafted Jerome Ford and you like his home run hitting ability. Jerome Ford be shocked that he's open. He's like, oh, wow, there's a lane. Yeah, move. Keep it moving. Pierre Strong, one cut, downhill, ready to go, and we don't see him. Kevin, You do, right now we're at the bottom of the barrel. You don't have to use everybody. This is not JV basketball, JV so- girl soccer, or, or, or mixed doubles classes on weekends where everyone has to play. Timmy didn't get in today. I don't want to play Timmy. He can't throw the ball the first way. But Timmy has to play. He only has one inning. He has to get two innings, coach. This is not that. You don't have to play Jerome Ford if he's not balling. Just go, roll with the hot hand, man. It's crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah, I Ford had two carries. Not Ford. Uh, Pierre Strong, excuse me, had two carries. The second one went for 13 yards. Every time he plays, he looks explosive, G. Like, every he time he touches the ball, feet. he looks explosive. He could have scored. He stumbled over his own feet. He could have scored on a second. Yeah. And I would like to see him get more touches. We said that after, was it the Seattle game he was used the most? And then he after that Seattle game, I think it was Seattle. Uh, and if you're, will you look up, see if Seattle was a game he had all those carries. But after that, he hasn't had a, a chance to really showcase his skills. And I know part of the reason that they don't like putting him back there is his pass protection is – questionable at best if you go by the pff grades which once again are not the end-all be-all but he's the worst of their three pass blockers but at the end of the day he's in there to run the ball put pierre strong in run the ball and good things have happened when he uh when he's done that the last few weeks even on limited opportunities mcnuggets we got receivers that don't catch and that's all what they dare to do what's the difference i'm I'm with you bro i'm with you (laughs) like i said we i'm trying to find a way we try to find a way listen we got the what's the name chat we got the uh you know, you know when you take L's, right? You know what I'm saying? You got to lose the, the L chat and the chat when you're winning. When you win, it's a different type of chat. When you lose, you be getting the bottom of the barrel chat. They be over there like, oh, my gosh, Kareem Hunt, he sucks. You be like, all right, what about Pierre Strong? He sucks. What about Kevin Savansky? He's trash. I'm like, dang, bro. They got the, they got it moving today. <laughs> hey, every time they lose, it's Savansky's fault is what we've learned. And sometimes <laughs> it is. 
Sometimes it is. I did not think today was one of those cases. No, I I, I, I thought he played like I, I'm trying to figure out where could, could Stefanski have where was it at that he like where you want to pick a play where it was just trash? Yeah, I, I mean, and even the even the interception, they showed the replay, and Flacco stopped his feet and then tried to throw it without stepping into it 45 yeah. yards downfield. Yeah, just that wasn't I, it. I, I I don't think Stefanski told him, hey, Joe, throw a 50-yard bomb flat-footed. Like, I think that's Flacco either tripping up on his feet or seeing something. It was just a bad play. play. I mean, it was a bad throw. Yeah. It was a bad throw. It was a bad play. That happens in, in the and, course of an NFL game. Every quarterback do it every week. That's and it hurt. Crazy. And it <laughs> happened crazy. to hurt that time. It hurt bad. It, I was, it's crazy, I, right? That happened every week, no matter what the quarterback is, at least once per game. I guarantee you that happens. Yeah. Like, it is Trust me. Jalen Hurts looked like Jalen Hurt is terrible. He was horrible today. The, listen, the, Phil, the Philadelphia Eagles got slaughtered, but that's just what it is. My thing is this. I think we got to keep it equal. equal. If you come in here, and, and I got to keep it real, we destroy Stefanski. I've been the most vocal Stefanski dude in the world. Like, I would point out all his plays. I got them charted. They right here on my paper. I got them charted. I'd be like, yeah, you sucked here, 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 and here. But we can't come in here and not keep it a buck because I'm looking at Jim Schwartz today like, yeah, I didn't like the game plan, Jim. Yeah, let's say, you can say his name too. You see you see how it works? You, yeah. I, I can like Jim Schwartz. I can like what the defense do, but I can still say, Jim, I didn't like the plan today. I thought you let Matt Stafford get real comfortable. I think that you you calling the games a little light because Greg Newsom is out there on a on, on an island. And I think you think that you can't play man to man coverage with the guys you got in the secondary. That rookie put a whooping on you. That's just that rookie put a on the ground and in the air. Puka, the man, he and, he and, put a whooping on you. And it looked like in the second quarter he was going to be out for the season. Like he walked off, it sounded like Mark Sanchez was reading his obituary. Man, man bro, listen, listen, bro was trying to run for another hundred yards to match that hundred yeah. yards receiving. You trying to listen? He was on it. <laughs> it was, it was pretty, it was crazy. G, I got a question about Jim Schwartz and the defense, real quick. So the Browns have one of the lowest blitz percentages in football, and by by blitz, by the way, just so we're on the same page, when Pro Football Reference, you send one more blocker than the offensive line has. So if they have five blocking, you send six. Just so, just so. We're all in the Got same thing what I'm considering blitz for this analytic and stat. They have one of the lowest blitz percentages in football, and I think part of the reason it had been this case up to this point of the season is they got so much pressure from the D-line, and they didn't need to blitz. Now that the defensive tackles haven't played at the same level they did a month ago, now that Miles Garrett's a little dinged up, now that Zadarius Smith – I didn't hear Agbo's name once today outside of him getting held – do you think they have to start sending more guys and being more creative with blitz packages to generate some pressure because the front four by itself is not getting to the quarterback like it did earlier in the season? Let me tell you this. Let me just give you an example. This is where defensive coordinators get messed up. You remember when you went to uh, – remember when you was running around and doing stuff, and I'm going to put men and women in this category. When you went to college or whatever, you got there. You get to the dorms, you're eating three square meals. You ain't playing three sports no more. Maybe you don't play sports in college and you're just running around drinking beer, doing all kind of stuff. And you go home and you play. Your boys be like, dang, you got that freshman 15, didn't you? You be like, yeah. You look around, you start looking at them old senior pictures like, dang, I did gain them 15. You know why? 
See, but back then you didn't realize what you was doing. You was waking up at six, going to school. You was you was messing around, running the streets, trying to find. You played five sports. You could eat McDonald's and do all that stuff and not gain no weight. You get to college, you live a sedentary life. The dorm is that way. You come back drinking beer. Same things with same thing with these defensive coordinators. You got lazy. See, it's easy and it's intoxicating to say, ooh, ooh, I could put seven people in coverage and only get, I could get pressure with four. I could put, look, they confused. They ain't nowhere to even throw the ball. I got seven in coverage and we still getting home. But what happens when you don't have nobody getting home with four? What happens when Miles Garrett's banged up? What happens when they start scheming you up and picking up your little twists and stunts? And then now all of a sudden you lose Denzel Ward in the back end, and now you can't play press man in coverage all the way down the field. You got to play zone, and it looked like they ain't been practicing no zone. So the reality of it is, you get lulled to sleep thinking that you can still continue to do the same things when you don't have the same personnel and team. It's week to week. If you know Miles Garrett is hurt and you know you ain't got no uh, no, no coverage in the back end, you're going to have to do something else, Jim. You can't let yeah. Stafford and Russell Wilson get comfortable, so you might have to be uncomfortable in blitzing. And hopefully he goes back to the, the drawing board and, and sees that he doesn't have the, the horses to do what he was doing earlier in the year. And not having Ward definitely hurts too. Oh, look, that's crazy. I mean, not having Ward hurts, man, but Ward is only one DB, right? Like, I, and, and I get it. I get what you're saying. Like, having Ward and being able to play press man all the way down the field, it allows you to do other things with other people. But, you know, we've been sold on having three dominant corners. You know, we've been sold on having DBs that can lock, that lock up anybody, that can cover tight ends, that can just handle their business. And I think Denzel Ward being out is 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 it shouldn't warrant that type of defensive performance. At the end of the day, man, like dude is a rookie, right? Jim Schwartz, you're supposed to be an OG defensive coordinator. It's no way in hell that he was a he should have been able to get busy the way that he did. You know, somebody should have did something. Then they're like, even if if you even if you couldn't scheme up something, a player on that defense should have put a thumping on him. You should have hit him hard enough to where, like, he wanted to slow it down a little bit. None of that happened. Um, I, I I was very disappointed. Like, the pass coverage was not there. You know, the linebackers, for the most part this year, has done an amazing job in pass coverage, right? I thought Anthony Walker did not play a good game, you know, for as, for as well as Jock has played all season. And, you know, we, we're talking about him as a, a potential pro bowler and X, Y, Z. Like, you know, there was no tackles in the backfield today. It was none of that going on. So, you know, we got to be better on that side of the ball. And like I said, if we're going to crown this defense as, as being legit in a Super Bowl caliber defense like I did, then, you know, like you got to be critical when it's time to be critical because that's not how a Super Bowl caliber defense play. Fact. We're going to read some Super Chats and we'll give some final thoughts. First Super Chat comes from Evan419. He says, I don't want to hear another word about this defense. Congrats on beating Kenny Pickett. Six of the last eight weeks they've crumbled. Enough with the all-pro praise. Applicable today. Perjamut Sandhu says, didn't know Denzel could cover every guy. The secondary should be ashamed of themselves. Ronaldo Archer said, the Browns defense is predicated on pressure from the front four. No pressure. The defense falls apart. Front four is exhausted and beat up, and it shows. Nicole D says, from 7-3 and three to 7-6 and six next week. Pathetic. I'm tired of waiting for next year. Listen, it's gonna be tough to be Jacksonville, but it's definitely a winnable game. Like I'm not, I'm not throwing that 
that L up in the on the board already. Like, let I think we need to calm down. That's a little overreactionary immediately from today, especially coming back to Cleveland. Simple says the Jaguars are going to light our asses up. Better have Denzel <laughs> back to to say. Kudos to Flacco Brown seven and six after next week. Then we get hot. People piss, Mike. You got to understand. I, I know. Man. That's hey. how they feel. I'm just saying, like, we're coming home. I, I, I told you all the numbers earlier. They only give up 10 points per game at home. So maybe playing in front of the dog pound does have a little bit, uh, a little extra juice to the unit. And I mean, we've seen they, uh, Jacksonville play Cincinnati tomorrow. So we don't know what they did today, but they're coming off a short week. I'm, I'm just saying, I, they have a shot. It's, it's not an impossible win by any means. They, 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 uh, what, what people are starting to see. I don't think they 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 saying it like like it's gonna be a blowout or anything like that. I think people are starting to see is the zero room for error. Like yeah. you can't miss field goals. You you can't have penalties. You cannot have long plays. You can't have you know guys missing tackles. It's just when you watch other teams because at this point we're so banged up. It, it, they they're sensing the the, the razor thin margin for error. Yeah, as we talked about on Behind the Glass, too. Um, if they didn't win this game, you really can't afford to slip up anymore. And that's where the Browns are at with Joe Flacco at quarterback. So we'll see how it goes. Fitness with Kelly Michelle says that makes two and a half games. The defense has not played to their strength. The breakdowns in the fourth quarter, garbage. Flacco was cool. Offense looked better. J Dog 66 said, time to get Jarvis Landry. <laughs> you know what? If you had told me that two weeks ago, I would have laughed at you. At this point, I'm I'm down for anybody. If you can catch a football, contagious. I, I, I will I will take you on the team right now because it's the drops bro. are a legitimate issue. Uh, it's contagious. The drops is contagious. They had nine the last two games. Got everybody out here dropping balls. How many drops do you think they had today? They have four. I counted four, but sometimes what you consider a drop versus not is a little off. And um, that's two. I should have named the drops as like. And it's frustrating because it's been all the quarterbacks. It ain't just been one. They've been dropping the ball all year for anybody that's back there. Yeah. I mean, DTR had nine in two games, and I think Flacco had four today. So it's it, – you can't win with these guys is what we've got to at this point. They even dropped passes for uh, Deshaun Watson. I, I gave you all the stat on the five-pack of stats, but they have dropped Browns receivers up till today, so not including today's game had dropped 9.5% of passes that were on target this season. So one out of every 10 passes that the quarterback threw accurately and on target, the Browns receivers had dropped, and that is by far the highest number in the league. Ray Smith said, we played too much zone today without Denzel, Joe Hayden Ward. This game is not on Flacco or Stefanski. <laughs> Just another loss, but the season is not over. Bob Byler says, the team does like Flacco. Drops, no run blocking. Defense was definitely garbage. Players ball said the defense couldn't stop the parked car today. Fact. Uh, Aunt, uh, Peter G, excuse me, says the last few weeks have shown us we have one true number one corner, not three. <laughs> I'm not ready to take Emerson out of that. Hey, if Emerson had one tackle, you ain't hear his name called at all last week. So, yeah. I mean, and that's that's not for lack of production. That's because you were shutting your opponent down. So I, I think that if anything, we see that Greg Newsom is a slot corner. He's not somebody that's an outside corner. But like I I, I disagree with that. Like I I think I, yeah I, I highly disagree with that. 
I, I think Emerson I, I, had his best game today, but I, I'm not ready to yeah, like he sell had, my stock yet. He had he he didn't have like a crazy game or whatever. I mean, it's just one it's running the mill game. Uh, you know, I I just I can't believe they was letting Puka Nakua just run reverses and just they, and, fun, man. and by the way, to be truthful, I mean they ran some of the same plays. It was gee, I meant I meant <laughs> I forgot. They ran that little fake, fake fullback dive, dive pitch. Pitch, pitch to the outside like seven different times to right. both sides of the line of scrimmage. It was eerily similar to how Denver ran that trap play seven to eight times last week. They're, they're taking advantage. And here's what they're doing. They're taking advantage of those defensive ends, McNuggets, getting upfield. Like, Man, you know how, go ahead, but do you want to know how McVay coached? Not to cut you off, G. This is how he coached on offense, right? It's kind of like when you play Madden. You know how you play Madden? You find a couple plays that's working up against the defense. Yeah. Yeah, you just all you do is no huddle and flip. Right. No huddle no, and flip. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's what it. he did. He, he found a couple plays that worked, like that fullback pitch, no huddle and flip. Just and flip w- the play every time you run it. That's and when Miles Garrett is running up field, right? You got to think about the concept, right? If they let Miles Garrett run so far upfield and the play comes underneath him, now the people who have to stop that play are corners because look your linebackers in a wide nine are inside the defensive ends so now if miles garrett is the widest person on the field you just you you're outflanked right now now they just kick you up front and then they lead up on the corner and your corner is greg newsome so now when once he's out of the play they got six seven yards easy and and then that means your one-on-one with delpit or Thornhill, and if they miss that tackle, good night, Irene. Yeah. All right. Next super chat. Peter G says Emerson's overrated as well. I uh, would skip that one. Uh, only because we just talked about that. Rated R says I think it's time to see Siaki Ika to boost the run defense. He's been a healthy scratch all season because guys at the defensive tackle position have played well. But I'm not against at this point. Not at all. Putting the rookie in there to see what he's got. He should be able to. Uh, after what 13, 14 weeks of practice, he should know well, the I, defense. It shouldn't be a learning curve issue. It's a playing, uh, playing decision. Now I'm not against it. That was from uh, Rated R. Good call on that Rated R. Jay Boyer said we suck again. Run the ball. Keep it away from the defense for once. I came all the way from Maui for this. Dang. Hey, man, why'd you leave Maui? He wanted to why? see his Browns play. What you mean? You. I've been in Hawaii. <laughs> I've been in Hawaii once and. If I didn't have to come back or I'd get fired, I would never have left that place. Man, that just goes to show you, man, the type of passion people got for the Browns, man. Maybe he's, hey. he lived in Maui. He wanted to see his team play. And, and you know what? And kudos to Browns fans. And I, I know it wasn't the end-all, be-all results you wanted, but I got a bunch of texts. I have my buddy Brendan's out there. Frank's out there. They're sending me videos of the crowd. And it was about 70-30 Browns fans overruling Rams fans in SoFi Stadium. So shout-out to Browns Nation of the Dog Pound for traveling. The Guard 16 says... Why does it seem like the Browns are the only team that wide receivers that can't catch the ball and run? They're always falling to the ground when they catch. Earl G, you want to address that one real quick? They're not good. Easy money. Uh, <laughs> you got anything else, Earl? Nah. All right. Core1789 says, uh, Pierre Strong cuts up field quicker than Ford, but he goes down at even the slightest of contact. I also assume Stump. Has a say in the running back rotations, and if Stump says it, I trust it. It could be. I mean, I'm, I'm sure position coaches have some of the say in that. 
Uh, I, I definitely do. Kenny G says backup quarterback play is trash in the league. Browns quarterbacks are playing well. If you want to see bad quarterback play, just look at the Steelers. And last but not least, Christopher Lander says the defense couldn't stop a Taco Bell toilet today. So, by the by the way, I want to thank you. Oli uh, uh, Grant, Ollie Grant says. Uh, Watkins is that guy. What happened to him? What happened to that dude that was getting on it? What happened to him? Still Austin Watkins. Still on a practice squad. Oh, they mean, you might make a move, dog. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm down for anything. If, if you told me Earl the Pearl, the Muni League legend, had eligibility and was willing to take a few hits, I'd be down for bringing Earl the Pearl in at this point. I, anybody. You want to sign a dude off St. Ed's. Like, I, I don't care who you're bringing. Like, they need someone who can catch a damn football. I, I do, I do have like this is all you know. You know we have fun right here, right? This is this is kind of serious, and this is where I guess we'll we'll start to talk about this. So I've been on teams um, where, and I've seen teams where you fight and you fight and you fight and you fight, right? And you got that spirit, and you got that everybody's just all in. And the difference between the Cinderella season and your season turning around and you going home, it's like one or two plays or one or two people being out. At what point do we start to say that the, that we've lost too much blood? At what point to say do we, we in the ambulance and they keep resuscitating this, this corpse of a team and they keep shocking us and they keep saying, keep, get, get off the canvas. And, 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 and at what point, do the rest, and I'm not giving up. I'm just saying, at what point is you don't you don't have you ain't got the soldiers no more, right? You you, you just don't have what what it takes to compete. Um, if you got tell me that many horses out, I think it's a fair question. I think Flacco gives you a pulse though. Like I think oh, no. from Flacco today was enough of a pulse for the EMS people <sighs> to be like. Keep pressing more CPR. Like, let's, yeah. let's not let this person die. Give him that shot. Of, give him the shot of adrenaline. Do not let him yeah. flatline so on I, his I'm going to give you a post. I think I get what G's saying. Like, you know, you sustained a lot of energies to uh, injuries to a lot of players that you was counting on, right? Like Conklin, Chubb, Watson. Like, I mean, hell, like even before, like we talked about, like even with a guy like McLeod, <clears throat> somebody that we signed that we talked about being like, you know, that guy, that veteran coach on the field. Like, it's just so many dudes. Jed Wills. Jed Wills. It's so many dudes that you lost, and it's like, yeah, we got a quarterback that we feel like we're comfortable with. Like, I, I don't think that's what G's saying. I think he's saying it's like, well, damn, exactly how much more can this team continue to overcome before it's just too much none. to overcome? The, the, the answer is none. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and and, and that's, that's a fair point. Like, I, I would say this. Like, they battle-tested. You know, they seem to be, like, willing to like continue to claw and fight to overcome whatever type of adversity to come that way, you know, and if it ever comes to a point to season to, to where it's just too much to overcome, I'm not sure if I like hold that against them, you know what I'm saying? Especially knowing like you don't really did all you can for real. That's you know, what, exactly how much more you, you see you what I'm saying? You. I was like, saying like Earl, like, I like, yeah, I'll be talking my stuff, but for me, I don't got no vitriol with it. Cause how I'm going to, like, I just saw Joe Flacco get off the couch and throw for two fifty. Yeah, and only his only mistake was a pick late in the game, and he ain't even practiced but a week. I can't be mad at that. I can't be. They Christensen. I don't even know the left tackle's name. Like you know, like people. Miles Garrett don't got a shoulder. Um, like Denzel Ward is out. Heck, we didn't have you know people been on a concussion protocol for like 
45 years. Marquee, Good yeah, one. Marquee still ain't back. So so my thing is this. Um, you we you want to keep being positive about what they're doing because I will say the season is still enjoyable. But at some point, you have to evaluate and be able to say, they they doing all they can right now. I can't really get mad at them for the like no small little nitpicky. I'm like, they got they got a, a gallon of water coming in through this hole. They ain't got no time to be talking about what's for dinner. Like, two, two two things. One, that that's why we we have been holding this defense to such a high standard. And our expectations for this defense are at a point because we know the offense is so decimated with injuries that if the defense doesn't hold teams to 14, 15, 16 points. The offense is going to struggle to work. They're struggling to win games just based on the fact that you're starting a four string quarterback who was throwing passes to his kids two weeks ago in the backyard. You look at other teams around the league. Injuries happen. The Browns aren't the only team that has guys hurt. The Browns' injuries have been, and I could actually quantify this, they have suffered more injuries to highly priced players than any other team in football. 29% of the Browns' salary cap this season is on injured reserve. That's the That's highest crazy. percentage in the NFL of a team's salary cap on injured reserve. So, yes, every team suffers injuries. No team in 2023 has suffered more injuries to key high-priced players than the Cleveland Browns. With that being said, you got to overcome injuries. You got to figure out ways to win. It's way more difficult, and you could be like the Bengals who lost Joe Burrow, and guess what? They're in tank mode, and that's why I kind of look at this as even a, a loss. And even though this season probably won't have Super Bowl aspirations like we thought it could have had before Deshaun Watson got hurt, Stefanski and the fact that they're in these games till the very end, it's more of a testament to the fact that he's got these dudes playing hard as shit when they could easily just throw in their hat and say, hey, we don't got Deshaun, we got Joe Flacco. Like, eh, eh. You know? Uh, l- listen, I, you know, I look at it like this. Um, you know, you got another opportunity, but you know, the crazy part about it is you, I could have very, there was times where at the first, it's a tie game or a one point game in Denver, one, two plays, you you mess it up and Denver wins the game. Yeah. You look at it right here. We tie the game up. Joe Flacco goes down. We make your extra point defense lets him go right back down the field. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like we getting destroyed like it's just little key points here or there where if you want to make the playoffs in this league you got to make those plays right yeah uh last thing and we'll wrap here and you just said that it made me think of this if hopkins makes that extra point and it's 2020 not 2019 does that change how this game ends up playing out does that that make any difference you guys think no no man defense no they wouldn't stop they wouldn't they didn't stop a cold. I was hoping that didn't come up. Yeah, I, I was just I was just asking. Like we nah, obviously will never know. So yeah, yeah. it's it. No, because like I I, I go back. I challenge I challenge everybody, man. I challenge everybody to go back and look. Even when that game was close, look at the expression from Anthony Walker and Miles Garrett and Dalvin Thomason. Look at everybody on defense. Like, they had this blank stare. Like, it was like they were shell-shocked or something, man. And that's that's just, you know, I I think that's just a point of, and I've said this a lot, we do a lot in Cleveland. Like, we used to ride and die with LeBron James. If LeBron didn't play well, (laughs) we was dead. It's over. Like, LeBron had to cook the meals. LeBron had to be the coach, the GM. It was what it was. 
I think we put so much on Miles Garrett that it's almost like if Miles Garrett is dinged up, he getting triple team, whatever the case. We oh Miles Garrett wasn't there, and everybody like Zadarius Smith. You shouldn't be looking. This is my problem with Jadavian Cloudy last year. You are a number one overall pick yourself. Why are you worrying deferring to Miles Garrett? You get out there and make some plays. Like yeah. I'm looking at Zadarius Smith and like yo. Dalvin Tomlinson, like you got a boatload of money. Never wait on another man to go out and make plays for you. If he hurt, you got to say, I got to pick it up. And we just don't see that right now to a, to a high enough standard on defense where a, a Denzel Ward is out. Greg Newsom, step it up. Hey, where we at? Like, you, you know, I need my guys to be in there to step it up. So, you know, here's the thing. I think they'll get they'll come back and Jim Schwartz is going to be all over them in in the in, in in the film this week. They play much better at home than they do on the road. The splits is crazy. I'm sure McNuggets and his six pack of Nuggets will tell us how good the Browns are at home compared to on the road. And if yeah. they beat Jacksonville, we feel, all feel better about life. Earl, right, last thought, then we're going to wrap Damn. up. <laughs> I mean, defense didn't play that great. Joe Flacco played better than what I thought. Uh, it's disappointing to come back for off the West Coast trip, zero and two. Now you got to go beat Jacksonville. Ain't no more excuses for it. It's a game we got to have. You cannot lose three in a row. The most important game of the season is week 14 versus Jacksonville. Uh, Ed, did we miss a super chat by any chance? I see we said, I see someone said we might have missed one. And if we did, uh, Ant, throw it in there. We'll read it. If not, uh, Squid. send it again. We'll read it real quick. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what it was. I don't look at the chat while I'm doing this, so I just switch it over. Uh, but yeah, the most important game of the season is now this week. This is a must-win. You, you got to be Jacksonville. That this is anything you've been hiding in the playbook, any wrinkles, any tricks, anything you got. It has to come out here. So, Ant's gonna look for the super chat real quick. So I'll just I'll stall for a sec, but. Uh, Oh, yeah. I see it. Yeah, yeah I ain't reading that. Y'all can read that if y'all want to. Gee, you can read. I, I don't know what it is. It said, Watson was sitting in the club seats with his girl. Um, lets us know uh, this isn't his team. Oh, well, Squid, he just had surgery like two days ago. So he's probably on, hyped up on pain pills. Yeah. And um, he has a sling and he probably shouldn't be probably. If you sit on the sidelines, people get ran into all the time. Did, did, and, you uh, the, did you see the referee that got his leg snapped in yeah. like two? Ooh. Yeah, that the sidelines are not a place for and, and injured did you see, people. Hey, did you see the fight in the, the 49ers game? Oh. With the security guard? Yeah. Listen, it's it's different. Yeah. It is different out there. I I have no issue with him sitting up, up there. I mean, I, he got surgery last week. It wasn't two days ago, but he's still recovered. I, he was on the field with the team before the game. He's been in LA uh for rehab. I Earl, you have any issue with him sitting in the, the suite? Dude spent four ninety nine to basically say I don't like Deshaun Watson. <laughs> there it is. And I, but, and his girl looked nice. <laughs> so Andy <yeah>. Rich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he probably got a house in LA too. <laughs> Yeah, y'all crazy, man. Y'all All right, crazy. we'll see y'all on the show tomorrow. 
Obviously not the result we wanted, but the season is still on. The playoffs are still in the picture for the Browns, and we are going to hopefully have a hell of a bounce back. Joe Flacco exceeded expectations. You'll hear from Bull, Jason G, and Adam the Bull tomorrow. Their opinions on Joe Flacco, Kevin Stefanski, and everything else. For G. Bush, Earla Pearl, Mike McNuggets, we'll see you all tomorrow. Peace. 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 Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.